In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 324. That's right, we are talking the Ghosts of the Past arc from Green Lanterns, written by Tim Seeley, uh, and it is issues 44, 45, 46, and 47 of the Green Lanterns series. Um, Mark is taking the first two, I'm taking the last two, and uh, we'll see how this goes. So Mark, you want to kick us off with who controls the ring? Which is a cool cover. I do, mm-hmm. I do like that cover, uh, which is kind of funny because it looks, I think... Now, I'm not sure what the varying cover is on on all of these. Uh, I, I definitely know I have the varying covers for I think for 46 and 47 because those are the, the ones in black, right? Black, uh, black, white, and green. Yes. Oh, actually, and then do they and they do they connect or no? No. I don't, don't think, know. I don't. I don't. I, I'm trying to put them together now to see if they really look like they do. I don't think so. Unless I don't think so. But yeah, I have those two, and then I just have the. The who controls the ring for 44 and Jessica being seeing like the energy construct versions of her friends on 45. But I'm not sure if that's the variant or not because it doesn't say part no. one, part two. Is that the regular? Yeah, that's the regular because the variant for 45 is the Superman's 80th okay. variant with Simon and Jessica behind Superman. I assumed the one I had wasn't the variant, but the fact that it didn't say part two. But then again, the way DC has been doing that lately is kind of weird that they don't know where to put the parts. All right, so let's. But since I happen to have this page open, and God, I wish they'd be a little more consistent in putting the uh, the quote-unquote title page either in it, be con- put it put it at the end, put it at the beginning, but be a little more consistent and not making it hop to hop, skip, and jump all the time. Uh, Tim Seeley, writer; Ronan Claquette, artist; Hi-Fi colorist; Dave Sharp, letterer. Uh, Will Conrad and Ivan Nunez did the cover. Brandon Peterson did the variant. Andrew Marino and Brian Cunningham are the editors. So uh, we basically begin in a, a therapy session for Jessica with her kind of like very young hippie-like uh, therapist that we've seen in this book before, and Jessica kind of is telling, you know, using a, uh, I guess a, a common idiom in in Latin America regarding about you know you have the memory of the mos- of a mosquito and talking about you know, how mosquitoes just tying that into how mosquitoes feed off of you and everything else, and and Jessica kind of ties the point in how da- how dang at the end of the day that you know how dangerous mosquitoes and and really are, and it's kind of good that they have such a sh- short term memory because with all the people that mosquitoes have killed over the you know countless millennia with you know with, via disease more or less what from in her uh, approximation anyway killing about ha- you know 
half, half the population of everybody who's ever lived, give or take, that she kind of ties it into, oh, it's good they have such a short-term memory because if they ever remember, maybe they'll maybe they'll try to, you know, they'll be they'll remember and they'll to to kill the other half and and stuff like that. So basically, we're we kind of we're kind of at this point, which I kind of think is cool from a you know just from a realistic. Uh, being in therapy perspective, that her therapist is kind of pushing her, kind of pushing her a little bit at this point to try to deal with the actual incident, you know, which, which led to the, the the death of her friends, and how she really hasn't come, she really hasn't dealt with that, at least not in therapy, has come to grips with the actual trigger for for her uh, personality. Agoraphobia. Yeah, and, and yes, for locking herself away, and also for the uh, her, her. As I'm drawing a blank here, what? No, it's not post. Well, it is kind of post-traumatic stress that she has, but it, but it's, but just in general, her, uh, all her, all her afflictions on the uh, anxiety, all her anxiety issues, the majority of which seem to stem all from this trigger. So her therapist, and it, this is, makes a very valid point, which is super relevant in the world today, because it's really easy to people tend to want to not deal with this fact, because it is a fact that you know when Jessica talks about what you know that that trigger moment and everything, oh, it's hist- it's you know it's just ancient history, and her therapist aptly points out that uh, history doesn't disappear just because you've chosen to forget about it. So that's kind of important in the world, and a lot of things we've seen these days. So luckily, right on cue for Jessica, she basically gets a call. She gets a call on her ring. So real, probably she was none none too uh, upset about getting out of therapy because she uh, she receives her priority call. She flies out to to uh, join Simon, and Simon pretty much tells her that uh, more or less that they're, they they kind of they kind of got a lead on Singularity Jane, who we saw in uh, previous the previous arc with uh, Bolfunga. So now. <laughs> So this is kind of interesting. It's kind of sad. So we end up at you know at, Pe- at Petrol Bay in the Free Machine system, and, and we kind of, and we kind of have this 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 cyborg dad here and, and his kid, and more or less he's trying to get it's basically it's like a robot divorce story, which really isn't funny other than the fact that it's robots going through it, and of course the you know he has no money to pay for pay for the attorney that he you know that he needs in order to gain custody of his child, and of course the who who his attorney really is, even though of course she take, has taken on yet another outward uh, appearance, is Singularity Jane. During the middle of their of their conference, uh, Je- Jessica and Simon come crashing in. They kind of they kind of literally start reading uh, Shima O is I guess the I, the ID that Singularity Jane is taking on this time. So they start reading Shima, the uh, more or less they're trying to. Kind of giving it, giving her the right, their rights, or reading her her rights in their own way. Basically, well, and Jessica's, you know, Jessica's trying to deal with Singularity Jane. Simon gets stuck with dealing with, uh, with Autonomy Gauge. I kind of like that name. <laughs> uh, who's, who's kind of like a little mini Transformer on his own, and and Simon's trying to, Simon's trying to, you know, ra- you know, deal with him rationally because he doesn't really want to fight him. And Gage really kind of wants to listen to Simon, but he's also afraid of losing of losing his kid. So they keep fighting. Well, meanwhile, uh, Singularity Jane there more or less starts playing head games with head games with Jessica, talking about uh, 
we kind of get the origin of her name too. That pretty much the criminal element, you know, that in each of them at the very bottom of their soul is a dessert, a singularity of pain, and that's the moment when their life went awry, and that's kind of what singularity Jane feeds off of. And she kind of points out that it's what initially attracted me to you, because you know, before you were a lantern, whether by choice or not, you were a supervillain. You know, you you bore the evil power ring of Volthoom, and then basically. Singularity Jane plays head games with her and tries to make a deal with her, you know, where basically she's going to, uh, basically, she, she wants to show Jessica, she wants to basically, willing to show Jessica, you know, what, what she needs to see to, to kind of like show her the truth, give her a path to kind of like move, seemingly move through what's holding her back, but of course, Jessica logically says, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to kill for you. So there's no way I'm doing that deal, and she said, "Well, because of, because because of the instance, because I, because in this one like this special case that I'll, I'm going to forego, I'm going to forego a murder for such a gift like this. But all I ask is that when you discover the truth, you accept it." Simon kind of, you know, Simon finishes his fight with uh, with Gage, using his cool phasing powers, which of course I don't think we've seen that much of in Green Lantern, all that much anyway. Uh, he, he, he rescues Gage's child. He more or less sh- kind of like shorts out. Gage stuns him. So Gage is going to be uh, kind of going to – he's being taken away. They're going to put the – you know, the, they're going to be the – put the cyborg and uh, take the take care of the kid. And Jessica's kind of all happy, you know, that she's kind of got singularity chained up in, in kind of like a Hannibal Lecter mask in a way over her mouth too so she can't – so she can't speak. And every, everything seems all, all – Good and we feel real good is until uh meanwhile you know Simon has no choice but to <laughs> temporarily hold on to Singularity Jane in the sector house till till I think the next day to she can he can turn her he can turn Singularity over and she starts talking trying to play head games with Simon who who now puts the puts like the the mask back over her mouth so she can't talk and Simon gets an incoming phone call via you know which is kind of weird that it, you know just instantaneously how someone's calling him calling his phone it gets translated to the you know gets transferred to his ring i mean it's not unbelievable certainly and it basically find out it's sarah jessica's sister and she's trying she's trying to find out where jessica is and simon's like well you know she said she was gonna you know you know she left me like about an hour ago and she said she was gonna meet you at your apart at her apartment and she said i'm, I'm at her apartment she she's not there there's, there's nothing here but a big black hole we have this gaping black hole in the sky, in the sky, like above where her apartment should be. Thus ends part one. I like the uh, art. Yeah, the nothing, art was good. The art was good. Yeah, nothing, nothing too bad about the art. Uh, I do like how it's we get a. This is almost like a prelude rather than the actual thing. Right. Uh, uh, but I kind of like that, you know, that we get a slow build into it rather than just leap face first into it. So that's kind of cool. Um, the stuff of Singularity Jane. Uh, interesting. I don't know why they decided to go with the robot planet other than just you know, hey, another space sort of story. Let's. They're obviously two eight one four lanterns. Let's have them on a two eight one four mission rather than just on Earth. Um, that was cool. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understood the robot side of it, but well, it's a, that's okay. It's not the first thing. 
about this, so I didn't quite understand this whole arc. So, <laughs> which we'll get into when we get into my first issue um, that I'll be uh, covering. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I, li- I like the art. I like the slow build. I like that we're finally getting some development with Jessica in terms of her therapy. You know, in, in past times, you got the when you saw her therapist, it was almost like she was sort of probing, trying to do the the various. Uh, you know, small, smaller exercises, but now, now she's like, she's had enough sessions. It's time to get to the meat of it. So I like that she didn't just start going to therapy and all of a sudden her therapist was like, all right, let's deal with the main reason why you're here and let's get it over with. Like, it's been a slow build to this point. Right. Or the, or the opposite where she continually avoids the, you know, the elephant in the room over and over and yeah. over again. It's like you, you kind of build the trust and you kind of deal with some of the, some of the smaller things and then then start de- you know delving into uh, the thing that kicks everything off basically yeah so that was cool to see um, the mosquito analogy will obviously come back uh, into play later on uh, in my issue my first issue so we'll get into that a little bit more um, but no I, I liked it I thought it was I thought it was okay I don't know what to Mark and I are trying not to spend – it's four issues, so we don't want to spend too much of time on each issue. But at the same time, I feel like we should say something about it. But I just – I don't know what there is to comment on in this one. No, the first the first issue, I think, of all these, the first issue is the most straightforward one. It's probably – I mean, I will say – I would say arguably it's the best issue of the four. Uh, maybe partly at least for that reason. That it, it, it kind of kicked the arc off in an interesting way, uh, and it was very, very straightforward in what they were dealing with and everything else. And then I kind of think as I kind of think as this arc goes on, it kind of becomes a little more convoluted and a little more mixed messagey as it goes on, what they're trying to accomplish and how it gets resolved. But we'll talk about that more after you do your second issue. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there is that much left to. Uh, I mean, I guess the interaction between Singularity Jane and Jessica was kind of interesting. Picking up a little bit on how how she was kind of like you could tell she had an you know an interest in Jessica earlier when we first yeah. met her. So. Uh, and the interaction with Simon and the robot. I mean, that was pretty straightforward. But it was also cool that Simon wasn't really gung-ho about going into like a fighting he he tried he tried like this the smart the smart angle he tried talking to him he didn't just try you know it's a it's a robot with a gun let me you know take it apart uh, so i do like i do like that uh they they gave simon kind of a more tactful pr- approach to something right and even if and i mean it makes sense but even even if they just did it just because he would have looked like a bigger jerk if he didn't, you know. And so even if even if that was – even if that's the only reason why, which I'm not, I don't think it is, but even if that was the only reason they decided not to have him just go, you know, <laughs> literally uh, – Taking taking this robot potentially apart in front of <laughs> in front of its kid that would that would not be good. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess on to forty five then, right? Yes, let's go on to 45, so Ghosts of the Past, Part 2, The Last Hunt, which is appropriately named, uh, and it's... 
Let's see. Other than what Nelson Blake the second and High Five did the cover, I don't think there's any th other difference in the creative team from the last one. Sealy, Cliquet, High Five, Sharp, Peterson, and Marino and Cunningham. But I think Nelson. I don't think Nelson Blake did the cover on the other one. Certainly doesn't. Wouldn't make. Wouldn't make sense to considering. Uh, considering the artwork looks looks different. So basically, this this issue begins as we're kind of getting going into Jessica's head, or and or recapping what happened to Jessica and the you know the moment of trauma that kind of changed her life. That this we see the the very beginnings of this of this hunting trip, thus the name of the issue, in which Jessica Jessica and her three friends, <clears throat> and obviously we find out there's a little bit more dynamic going on between just being friends with with an with like her ex dating her. Dating one, you know, her female friend now, and things like that. So it, it, there's a there's a little more like you know psychological baggage even in 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 the actual at the current time this, these events are occurring. Let alone maybe her reconciling these things in her head after the fact. But some of the interesting things about about the hunting trip, we you know we kind of find out that basically that Jessica is kind of like the the lead dog here. You know, the Jessica is the hunter. Jessica is the one who you know who who is. You know, can can navigate the woods and get you from place to place, while pretty much everybody else is really dependent entirely on Jessica here. So that's kind of a nice, that's kind of a, a nice little segue, or not segue, but it's it's an it's it, it's a nice way of sh kind of like trans giving you a trans transition and trans kind of like transposing in a way how Jessica is now versus how Jessica was before uh, that you see. Basically, how much trauma and what, how Jessica has changed because she was so very outgoing, very confident, and then of course uh, that has that has changed, you know, that has changed dramatically. Uh, so, I, so after we get that little you know, the opening, kind of like the opening salvo there uh, of what happened on this trip, we cut back to Jessica's apartment where we have where we have a black, where we see that black hole. The Justice League is now there. Uh, Sarah's all upset because of the fact, you know, obviously she, working under the assumption that Jessica's gone in the black hole. Wonder Woman tries to comfort her. I like black. I like Batman. Batman looking at the black hole just kind of got that. As as you can just see the wheels turning, even in, even the way he's drawn. That's a good way of a real, not a particularly, you know, just a real subtle image or a really simple way of drawing a character, but it kind of gets the point across completely. You also have to. You also have to appreciate. The level of bullshit the entire DC universe has gone through for Batman to stand quite literally within the event horizon of a black <laughs> hole, <laughs> looking looking at a, a apartment building being sucked up as he stares at it into the black hole, but just standing there calmly and <laughs> just considering this black hole on the face of the planet, like. <laughs> Well, this this is true, but it's not like it's continually sucking up the entire city or the planet or anything. But yes, I know what you mean. He's just he's just calmly considering the situation, and it's just like I don't know about you, but I'd be hella hella upset that a black hole has manifested itself, no matter how small or contained its event horizon. I'd be concerned that there was one on my planet. <laughs> It's like we don't see that every day, but we probably see it like every fourth day. <laughs> no sweat on my cape over this one. So if, meanwhile, you know, cyborgs there, the Flash is there, 
at, at this at this point, Simon, Simon shows up and 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 with Singularity Jane, who really does look like uh, really definitely has the Hannibal Lecter vibe now with the way she's restrained and everything else. And Simon just you know, when he's leaping leaping into into the page here, it's like you know it has something to do do with her. This is Singularity Jane. I don't know what she is, but I know you know, but I know you know, but I know she, it's dangerous. And and Batman's like, oh, I read your report, Simon. I'd like to ask her some questions. And and this is and this is kind of funny because of course, bat, like you, like you kind of said the way just Batman being Batman, which sometimes can be annoying. But done the right way, and I think this is an example of it being done the right way. It can be kind of amusing. <laughs> so the, just the way you know, Batman is real subtle. It's like, like, what did you do with Jessica Cruz? <laughs> it's like so intimidating. Is, is that how you talk to criminals? It's like I should take notes. <laughs> as far as Jessica's concerned, I simply answered a question. It's like, uh, and meanwhile she gets she gets lassoed by by Diana and Diana you know, tries to get the truth out of her and you know Singularity just kind of goes you know during my last encounter with Jessica I discovered a delicious memory a perfect singularity of pain on a hunting trip several years ago she and her three closest friends came upon two men burying a body in the forest she recalls these men wishing to eliminate witnesses she recalls her friends being killed in front of her and she remembers surviving by running but she's unable to recall the faces of the killers, the memory walled off and buried somewhere deeper and darker than any collapsed star. Thus, the black hole tie-in. It's like this interested me. I just like the way she said that. And it's like you know, today I drew her and Simon Baz to me, and then while Baz was busy, I made Jessica an offer. I would give her a pathway to the memory she has long buried, so long as she finally accepted it. She resisted at first. On the surface, part of her wishes to continue hiding from the truth. But another voice from her cried out for justice, demanded to be heard, would do anything for it. And so I gained a new client. So, and, and I do like the fact that the long, that, that as all this is going on in, in, in the beginning, it's, it seems like, oh, Wonder Woman's in control, forcing Singularity Jane to talk about this stuff. But in the reality, as time goes on, we realize that Singularity Jane, like everything else, is enjoying this. And more or less, she's kind of, she's kind of like almost... Reversing the uh, the lasso and and kind of corrupt corrupting the way the lasso works, so Diana has to let it go and has to remove it from her. Uh, you know, Sarah kind of points out, you know, long story short, four years ago Jessica closed herself off from the world and locked the door from the inside. Now, you know, now she's doing it again. Uh, Cyborg says, you know, except for the, except <laughs> except this time the door is a pocket in space time and. The, and the welcome mat is an event horizon with gravity strong enough to twist even Superman and spaghetti. And then right at this moment, for better or for worse, uh, Constantine shows up. Uh, I guess I, I guess they just keep Constantine on call for really like screwed up things. <laughs> even though I don't know if a black hole would necessarily would naturally gravitate to, into his wheelhouse, you would think. I mean, that wouldn't be the first person I would think of for a black hole, but maybe because it's not quite your normal black hole. But either way, Cyborg ended up calling in Constantine, and uh, and Simon kind of points out, "Oh, we're bringing in the British Street Wizard." Now I know this is bad. Now, mind you, mo most of the stuff outside of Jessica's vision or her memory, I really don't care about. <laughs> I have to. I think the story that's being told and you know the half the stuff that happened to Jessica is really cool. So I'm kind of glad at this moment they switch back to where we see Jessica hunting, and you know. 
We also find out she's a pretty good shot because she hits the deer. She doesn't. It's not a an immediate killing shot, but uh, you know, but she, but she knew, but she knows immediately because of the way it's bleeding. She either got, you know, she either got it in the heart or she got it in the lung, and basically, you know, the, the adrenaline's going to keep the deer going for a while, but you know, but he's going to have trouble breathing, and before you know it, that's going to be that. So, pretty much, they all, uh, all. Jessica and her friends, they, they follow, you know, they, they keep they keep following the deer. And we kind of have a, well, and we kind of get, you know, we kind of get, that's pretty much most of, most of this part of the story. And they're just talking about, uh, you know, the background between Jeanette and Jessica and, and, and their friendship. Now we cut back on, we cut back to Constantine, who we have to have a scene. Oh, he, he, he basically does, you know, he... <laughs> He he needs Superman to like light a cigarette with uh with his heat vision. How great! Maybe Superman should have done that uh X-ray vision of his chest to see if he had cancer yet, <laughs> like he did to Lois Lane. Uh, so Constantine kind of probably why he's really here. He kind of throws in that uh, I've seen these before. You know, Ghost City in China, Acheron River in Greece, Gateways to Damnation. But this one's good and guarded to make sure it's a personal perdition with an exception. There's a back door just for you, he says to Simon as he tries to, as he kind of pu- kind of pushes Simon in a little bit. But then we kind of find out that supposedly basically just uh, Simon can't go in with wearing his ring. So he takes off his ring and hold it, my thing got stuck here. The page is stuck together. Uh, so it's <laughs> and, not, and not in a good way, people, because Lord knows there's nothing in this <laughs> book so it's kind of, we kind of find out we're getting to the point where, where Simon is going to end up being you know, a, a in a way one way shape or form going to be part of of Jessica's vision and her dreams and the world that she's in they can um, we go back to Jessica's story we see them you know we see them cutting you know, I mean following the trail of blood now we kind of get the revelation about you know about how you know Jessica's Jessica's ex is, you know, is now a dating Jeanette, and now we get, as this plays out, we kind of see the scene that, that was alluded to by Singularity Jane. We see the two men, the two men, you know, burying the body. At this point, and Constantine kind of helped uh, Simon with his his Islamic prayers before he went into this, you know, went into this Singularity, no pun intended, into this portal. And we hear, Lord, uh, keep me safe from the torment of, of the fire. And then John, and I mean, excuse me, uh, Simon in street closes in, and he kind of tells, you know, he's, he's communicating with Constantine, and he goes, you know, it smells like ozone, air is stale in here, you know, it's green, and green but dead. It's like wherever it is, I'm getting Jess out. And, she, he, and Simon starts calling to Jessica, and then all of a sudden we hear different voices and different hands reach out with power rings, like, no, be quiet, you'll turn off the light, fear is all we have. Fear or eternal death. We choose fear. And John is like, I know where we are. Like I'm inside the power ring. This is Volthum's realm, and the cool little Volthum font that he has now. <laughs> and then we hear, No, Simon Baz. You know, Volthum was touched by the black hand of oblivion. He can't hurt us anymore. This is Jessica Cruz's realm now, and we kind of see, you know, what classic pa- uh, power ring, call- talking to Simon. And the next issue. Prisoner of the Powering Corps. This is a cool issue because you got a lot of you got a lot of cool stuff in it. One thing I thought uh, 
just because of my personal history endeared me to uh, Jessica a bit more, uh, learning that she was a forestry management major. That was cool. Uh, and seeing how good she was out and out and about because, you know, as a kid, I was part of the Boy Scouts and I stayed in, in that, uh, you know, from Cub Scouts into Boy Scouts. I really enjoyed camping and all of that. And then uh, it's not a, a huge part of me, but I am like most Americans part uh, part in uh, American Indian. I'm uh, some something Cherokee, some some amount Cherokee. And but I've also had um, uh, relatives. I've, I've had interactions with relatives from that side. So getting to experience that firsthand sometimes and you know how, you know, it's, it's, it's a trope that happens a lot, but there's all, and this will, this will happen in my issue too, but you'll get a bit more of this, but like, you know, if, if you kill an animal, you track it down, you put it out of its misery, you use all of the animal, you know, you respect the area you're in, you respect the environment and so on and so forth. So knowing that about her gives me something to go off of. I wish I hope they use that more going forward. Like if she's with Simon or another lantern on a planet with rich vegetation, because as a forestry management major, she would have some base knowledge of botany and, uh, you know, the uh, ecological and environmental surroundings around her. Like she, you know, even if it's an alien planet, she would presumably be able to get kind of a rough idea. You know, like I'd like to see her tap into that a bit more. Um, So that would be cool. I like how she's got that sort of uh, that that side to her. Yeah, I think that would, I do. T- I like I liked all of that background. I liked I liked just seeing who she was and seeing mm-hmm. and seeing what kind of job this whole event really has done to her and on her because of the fact that she is so completely removed on so many levels from the person that she was. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, of seeing who she was, it's it's also nice that in the same issue, while we see her being this like gung ho outdoorsman, you also get more background onto her even before this moment, where she used to have panic attacks as a little girl. Right. You get more info. So this just didn't come out of anywhere. She's had these issues to a minor extent, but to some extent, to where people didn't know how to deal with it back then. In the past, they say something about her father going on trips and she'd have a panic attack wondering where he was and if he was coming back and if he'd be safe and and so on and so forth. So I like that she didn't just flip a switch one day because it would have been very easy to set her up as this outdoorsman, as this, you know, they they use a phrase in here I really like. It's like, you're like the Latina Legolas. Legolas, (laughs) Which I almost mentioned, but it's... But I just didn't want to recap all those all those panels. But yeah, it was yeah. cool. That was cool. But but then like it'd be easy to to characterize her as this. But then you know through the story you're telling, make it seem like this you know this this day this event caused a 180 in her psyche, which is not true. It it was more like a 45 degree turn. Like she's been making progress all of these years into her adulthood. You know, she got over that when she was 10 years old to some extent, but she's had to constantly sort of deal with it and think about it and make sure that she remembered what her friend told her and, and so on and so forth. But then this this uh, traumatic thing happens and she's, you know, essentially reverted to her 10-year-old self 
as a result of it. Right. She was always she had she was prone to this. There were tendencies already in her that that yeah. to, that. So this so it's not like it's also not possible that that she would have developed some of these issues or further developed some of these issues over time. Anyway, it's just this this whole the hunting trip essentially is the trigger for one massive post-traumatic incident, which basically just flushed everything out and brought it all out into the open. So, but I do like I I did I I did like the contrast. I it is good character it is good characterization for Jeff. For sure. For sure. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out too, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't care much about what's happening on the league side of things, but I will say uh, I, I like the characterization of John Constantine here because Constantine is all is and has always been an ass and a womanizer and so on and so forth. But even watching the Constantine the movie or the TV show or seeing him appear and his guest appearances on like Legends of Tomorrow or Arrow. When it comes to certain things, John has a, I don't want to say a soft side, but a, a, a more, um, I don't know, aware side. I don't know. Because you can see even in the word bubble, he doesn't just offer to pray with, with Simon as part of his showmanship or whatever. He he says, they, they make a point of saying er, E-R, like he's, Kind of hesitating, like, all right, let me drop the bravado for a second. Look, once you get in there, <laughs> you probably aren't going to be able to. You're going to be somewhere else, both magically and physically. So, if you need to pray, I, I I'm here with you. I'm versed in all major religions, uh, so, including yours. So, if you need to pray, I, I can help you do that. <laughs> so, I thought that was cool. It was. It was cool. Because there's always been moments where John just drops his bravado. Uh, for the sake of somebody else doing something selfless or they need his help for sure. And that's, that's always been cool to see. Um, as far as where Simon ends up, we'll get into that in my issue. I'm still not a hundred percent sure I understand it, but like I said, we'll get into it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we move again? I like the art, nothing too wrong with the art. Oh, the art's good. The art is kind of, the art is one of the highlights of this, Overall, it's a highlight of the arc, but yes, the, the, certainly the first two issues, I think, are really the art is really really good. But I don't know, I don't know if there's anything else to uh, anything of super importance that we haven't touched upon. Right. All right. Well, on to uh, issue forty-six then, right? Yep. All right, issue forty-six. I'll get into the creative team when I find it because I got these digital ones and I don't want to page through to find it's at it. At the then. end. All right. Cool. Again. <laughs> well, uh, we pick up where we left off. Jessica and her friends have now tracked down the elk, and um, uh, they're all ooing and aahing about how they, uh, how she hunted him down. She says, uh, I'll gut him here, but I'll have to clean him when we get back to camp. So they're going to have to carry the elk. Um, but she mentions that they can get gravity to help them out a bit by carrying the elk downstream, letting him float a bit, essentially. Then uh, Jessica all of a sudden shushes her friends and says, there's people down there, two of them. Uh, I think they're digging a hole. Now, over on the Justice League side of things, John is trying to contact uh, uh, John is trying to contact Simon. It's not working. Simon uh, or Superman gets impatient, says he's going to go in after them. He says, 
as much as I'd like to see Superman drop down a few pegs, that doorway isn't letting anyone in without uh, uh, breaking you into a stream of uptight judgmental atoms. And that's when Batman spins on him and is like, I've, I've had all I'm going to take and I'm not going to take no more, I guess. He says, you know, tell me what's going on. He says, Cruz hit a painful memory. She needed an evil space lawyer to get to it. Before he went quiet, Bass thought she was inside something called the Power Ring, and that triggers some Batman knowledge. He says, the Ring of Volthoom, an artifact from Earth-3, it was destroyed. And he says, like, well, then we're completely off map, and now you know everything I know. Then that's when Simon breaks in and communicates and says, I was on my way to find Jessica, but something got in the way. A lot of something's Power Ring bearers. He's in there facing down a bunch of, let's say, Black Lantern-esque, uh, zombie-esque power ring bearers. Harold Jordan, which is the Earth-3 power ring, is trying to uh, get Simon to give in, essentially, that you know it's less fear and, and terror down here in the dirt with us. And Simon's like, you're trying to get me to live like I'm already dead. Yeah, not my style. I'm going to go find Jesco no matter what it takes. He says, and as Simon runs off, Harold says, uh, he won't listen. Please wake up. You're the only one who can save the green realm. And a fist pumps up through the the ground with a Arabic writing on its arm. Uh, back over in Jessica's memories, they uh, are back at their campsite. Uh, they uh, are talking about how they saw them, the the two guys dropping a body into the hole. He says, uh, Jessica's panicking. Oh God! Oh God! Did they see us? Her friend says, I, I know you're freaked out. We are, but we, we have to assume they're coming, and you're the only one who can get us down the mountain to my truck. We needed our hunter, and we need you in control. And Jessica gets her game face on. Says, hey, grab anything that can identify you. Get your hip waders. We're going to walk in the stream, so we're not going to leave any tracks. Um, they all start doing that. And then Jessica says, "We two guys killed somebody out in the woods and barrier. I don't know the situation, but it doesn't matter. We need to get to the cops. I didn't get a good look at them, did any of you. They didn't. So she says, we need to get justice. We need to see their faces. But before they can decide together to do that, Mateo gets hit by a bullet, says they saw us before he drops down. They all run. They fire again. They get Mark, uh, and he falls. Her and, is it Ginny? I forget her name. Jeanette. Jeanette. Um, are the last two standing, and then Jeanette gets hit, drops, and says, it's okay, this isn't the end, I'll see you again somehow. You'll keep us all together, Jess, no matter what happens, run. Jess runs. Um... And she's like, run, no, don't run. Justice, revenge, you have to see. Uh, meanwhile, Simon, uh, in his part of the forest, is hearing gunshots. Uh, and that's when he gets hit over the head with some wood and is facing down his Earth-3 power ring counterpart. Um, he says, I'm Solomon Baz. I'm the guy who's going to make sure you don't get to Jessica. And he explains uh, his life. He says... I get. I was a getaway driver. Get a. Uh, get this offer. All I have to do is drive this van into a concert and run. Bomb inside would do the rest. But I got up there and I saw all these kids, big dumb smiles on their faces, expensive T-shirts to prove they were there. And then I thought about them 
with blown up uh, limbs and shrapnel in their eyes, blood stains on their new shirts, and I couldn't do it. I realized it wasn't who I said I was. I didn't earn my rep. I didn't earn the tattoo on my arm. I wasn't Badoon Rama, not Merciless at all. I got scared. Uh, I was going to survive in a cruel world like mine. That's when the ring found me. He falls. Simon catches Solomon. And that's when Solomon tries to reach into him to understand what he's afraid of. And then falls. And Simon reaches out to uh, John and says, it, it searched good and deep and showed me what it wanted for me. I know why the door let me in. The power ring, I'm going to read all of this, guys, just so when I get to my interpretation of it, maybe you'll have the context. The power ring was created when Mordru used black magic to forge a piece of Volthum's soul into a weapon. Inside the ring was a world made of all the cruelty and evil in him. It ran off the suffering of others, fed by streams of fear, heated by a molten core of nightmares. When the Reaper touched the ring, Volthum's soul went on its way to the other side. This green realm should have gone with it, taking all of these condemned ghosts as well. But in the last second, the vacuum left by Volthum was filled with a new soul, Jessica's. The world inside her became the place where she put things, things she was too afraid to know, like the faces of the men who killed her friends. It al it's also where she put things that she was afraid to be. If she sees the faces of those men, she'll emerge from the that black hole ready to hunt them down and kill them. She'll let down her defenses, and the corruption that's written into the molecules of this place will rewrite itself onto her. She'll become every bit the monster that Volthum came. John, she let me into this world because she knows the truth. She knows what scares the living hell out of me. Our partnership as Lanterns is what kept me from being the bad guy. Now I'm afraid I won't be able to do the same for her. Next, Jessica's Cruise Revenge, and... This was Ghosts of the Past Hunted. Uh, this is part three. Um, writer Tim Seeley, penciler uh, V. Ken Marion, inker Sandu Florea, colorist Danae Ribeiro, uh, letterer Dave Sharp, cover Brett Booth, Norm Rapmund, Rapmund uh, Andrew Dollhouse, variant cover by Brandon Peterson, assistant ed editor Andrew Marino, and editor Brian Cunningham. Uh, so, what do you think? Well, obviously, most of the, most of the creative team, other than other than Seely, pretty much is different on this issue. <laughs> Seely and Sharp are like the only constants because the artwork is even without getting to the end, you could tell the artwork was very different in this issue. And for and for some of it, it works. I mean, I still think it works for the most part in the dream sequence or the mm -hmm. pen, you know the flashback sequences, the green realm sequences. I think it, I don't I don't think it works really well at all in the brief panels we have outside in the real world so much. Yeah. Uh, I, I Jessica I, I do think the the little thing at the end with Jessica in the powering uniform she looks pretty cool there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, I I, I kind of I mean I kind of liked even though we knew we were kind of getting something in this issue like this based on the way the last issue ended in you know the what they said the title for this issue was going to be. That I like the fact that this is, I guess, the first touch of the Power Ring Core. That was kind of alluded to when we saw 
way back like however long ago it was that it was hinted at as like one of the threats that was coming was like a power ring core so this may not be the the final time we see the power ring core uh, but it's cool that again that's another that's another little another little tidbit of the of the past that gets picked up on and there's a there's a, there's some of that in this entire arc so that's kind of I, I so I did enjoy that I did like I did like the doppelganger doppelganger of Simon pretty much that was that was kind of cool how Simon is pretty much Jessica's last hope and 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 the and Solomon is is like the green realm in uh and Harold Jordan's last hope the clash, the clash of the Baz is just what we want. So it was it, this this issue. The the biggest issue I have with this issue, and it carries forward into the final part of this, is this this kind of like conflicting half-ass psychology or psychoan you know analysis here that. Somehow, if Jessica sees the face of these two guys now, all of a sudden, every like her whole life's going to crap, and everything's going to fall apart, and she's going to be evil and yada yada, and it it just doesn't seem to really work with, I think some a basic psychology. I don't think that necessarily really works, but even the way the this arc was set up with her psychi psychologist pushing her to try to see the faces, and and as we find out once we get to the final issue when Chad wraps up up wraps that up doesn't really kind of like mesh or jibe with that either so so it's that it's that concept introduced right here at the end of the the issue that i have a problem with uh but as a but as a standalone issue this and this wasn't bad yeah um so tell, correct me if i'm wrong what happened is this was a internal universe essentially made by Volthoom with the help of Mordru. So magic, Earth uh, 3 stuff, and some Volthoom stuff within the ring. And because it was a piece of Volthoom's soul, when Volthoom died, uh, it, when it found a new bearer in Jess, this piece of Volthoom's soul should have gone with him because he died. But... Instead, it found Jessica and went into Jessica, so all of these power rings are real to some extent, right? I think so. The only thing I'm a little hazy about is if they're, if they're talking about – because you know, because again, I, didn't, I didn't read this stuff in the Justice League when this was going on – that obviously Batman alludes to the fact that, that Volthoom's power ring was destroyed. The power ring's powering was destroyed. So I'm kind of so I'm kind of suspecting that it's it is kind of yeah I don't know I I think pretty much what you said I think is accurate. I'm just trying to recon reconcile it with the actual physical ring being destroyed, but yet this green realm survives. So I guess it, I guess it's just maybe the whatever all. That this this internal green realm exists because again Jessica's soul filled filled the gap that Volthoom's was leaving. So even though I guess Vol the ring is destroyed and Volthoom's tie to to the power ring itself was gone, because her soul piece of her soul got sucked into it. Basically, it somehow created in like in this alternate you know time space continuum thing that this dimension still exists. 
I don't know. It's it is a it, it certainly is convoluted. It is it, it is it is kind but, of but but does it? So that's the reason the power ring went to her. And I mean power ring Earth three power ring. Now since it's now inside of her, does that mean that? And, and let's consider the upcoming arc and what's going to be happening in that. Does that mean that? This Earth three slash power ring dimension is in Jessica, or now been transferred into Jessica's ring. I am not entirely sure. And given the bond between the two, is there a difference between Jessica and Jessica's ring? I think there's a difference between Jessica and Jessica's ring. I just it is it is yeah. I mean, I guess. To me, again, yeah, the hardest part to wrap myself around is actually where this, where this other dimension or this, uh, this thing ex- actually exists. But yeah. it, but it does exist, right? It's not just all in her head. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely not just in her head. The question is just whether it's basically like a pocket dimension on its own, or whether it's a pocket dimension that exists inside the ring or is channeled through her ring. That's the only. That's. Because the I you know what because I think in a in a way, I think what convolutes this a little is the fact that we know we also know that moving beyond her time as powering, we also now know uh, be, that the actual Green Lantern ring that she has was what was part of Volthoom's travel lantern. Mm-hmm. So she has kind of double. So there's kind of like double ties to Volthoom there too. So that's what kind of gets con. So that's what kind of gets convoluted uh, about, in my gotcha. mind anyway, about where this thing actually exists. I mean, because because originally when they when Constantine was talking about being in the in, it's in the powering, I'm thinking it's inside Jessica's current powering, and then that and then when Batman chimes in, but the, but, but that was but the power but powering was the powering was destroyed, and really tying it into the Volthoom thing, then that kind of steered me in a different direction, but. I, I yeah I don't know it's 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 a little harder to I think to be 100% definitive just because yeah. we know she's got that double tie to Volthoom she's got the Earth three and the the magic part with Volthoom and she actually has a direct tie to Volthoom's travel lantern since that's what her ring was made from uh, so I'm not and so does Simon now he yes now he does yes maybe that's why he's got a back door that would make sense too. So because I, it's part of Earth 3's travel lantern. Okay. Or both of travel lantern. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything else about this one you wanted to. Because that was the main thing, is like trying to figure out right. where this dimension is really and what, what, what exactly is happening. Because it's definitely not taking place all in her mind. So I wanted to try and debate that out. But is there anything else about the issue you wanted to talk about? No, I think we can move on to the thrilling conclusion. All right, Possessed by Power Ring, number 47. Um, This is uh, taking uh, place before all the current events. Simon and Jessica are on the Sector House for 2814. Simon's got his... uh, Simon's got an issue with cleaning up after himself very clearly. Uh, They need to charge their uh, rings because they share a battery, just in case you forgot. (laughs) Uh, They share a battery, so... But uh, he says, uh, she says, uh, Simon, uh, and <laughs> the ring says, 
Well, Jessica's trying to say is that when Hal Jordan merged your power batteries, he probably didn't intend for her to have to pick up your undies to use it because he's got boxers laying across the top of it. He says, uh, "Sorry, Jess's ring." <laughs> um, that that was a it's a it's a funny scene, but it's a bit much. I mean, you would think he would have enough basic respect not to not to do that. Yeah. Um. So they charge up. And then we cut back to the Green Realm, and right now, uh, Simon, uh, the the two uh, killers have found Jessica and says, hey, don't you want to be with your friends? She's about to take them on and see their faces, but this is when Simon intercedes, says, get down. He says, just trust me, if she sees your, uh, you know, she sees your uh, faces, she just she just can't. So I need you guys to drop your guns and run now. Jessica lights up. And it starts going after them. And then meanwhile, back in the Justice League side of things, the Singularity itself has gone and Jess's apartment is back. Singularity Jane busts out and sucks up the entire League, except for Constantine and Sarah. They run into the apartment. Uh, uh, John has Simon's ring. And then back on uh, in the Green Realm... You're going to have to go through me, says Simon. Um, you left your uniform at home, but you are still a police officer, aren't you? And Simon says, there are two halves to you, Jess. One half knows that you, if you remember this, it'd break you. You'd never trust anyone again. You'd never have close friends. You'd never become a Green Lantern or my partner. But the other part knows that just because something was forgotten doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's the part of you that listened to Singularity Jane's offer back uh, in Petrol Bay that Jess that Jess was interested in what she had to offer. Uh, Jane exploited the power ring in you. That Jess welcomed the power that came with being afraid. Forgive me for reading a bunch of this because there's a lot of exposition and there's, there's a lot of explanation. And given what we were just questioning a few moments ago, I feel like this will help give us some <laughs> solidarity uh, in the answers, but maybe not. We'll see. Uh, power ring says when a mosquito bites you, it takes out some of your blood so it can feed its eggs, but it leaves behind some of its saliva to prevent clotting, which gives you an annoying itchy welt. Sometimes that tiny little bite doesn't just itch for a few days and fade away. Sometimes, even though the mosquito is flat and smashed by your hand, it gives you malaria and kills you. Kills half the people who ever died. I saved this green world so I could have power, so I could have a place I could control, so I could hunt the things that hurt me. Volthoom left something behind, Simon, something that spread and infected the rest of me even after he was dead. Maybe the other half of me is dying. Maybe it's already dead. And back on the in the real world, uh, uh, John puts on the ring and nothing happens. <laughs> I'm not going to explain that really any further. There's not much there to, to go off of. Uh, and, then back- and both the rings are actually there. Both Simon but, and Jessica's rings are neither neither one not, neither one of them is actually wearing their current Green Lantern ring in, true. in, in the alter, in the Green Realm, if you will. Um, he says, "Jess, please don't look, don't bring Power Ring out of here." And he says, uh, 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 "Simon and, and John get in contact." Um, he says, "Tell everyone to get ready. I couldn't stop her. It's over." He says, "Listen, mate." I almost didn't take a Vic's call. I didn't think a Green Lantern mission uh, gone pear-shaped had much to do with me. 
but you should thank your lucky stars there was nothing good on the telly because it turns out you were uh, you lot stumbled right into old Johnny's haunted playground. And uh, he asks Jessica what she is. Simon asks Jessica, says, I'm a villain turned hero, or at least that's what I thought. But I think maybe I'm actually what others think of me. Someone who let fear stop her from getting what she wants, what she deserves. And, he, and Simon says, there's a reason Hal put us together, Jess, why he made us charge our rings together. He wanted us to face uh, each other every time we took the oath. He wanted us to uh, keep each other honest. I know what it's like to be labeled a villain, but you can't be afraid of what other people think because you had a choice. When Volthum's soul died, you could have disappeared into the green realm. You could have chosen power and revenge, but instead you reached inside and pulled out a lifetime of memories of three people you loved. Everything they said, everything they did, their deepest secrets, their inside jokes. You chose compassion and love over fear and anger. That's why the ring picked you. That's why it bonded with you in a way it hasn't with anyone else and let you rewrite it with your will. That's why it gives you advice and cares and makes jokes. Because every time you use your ring, you fulfill a promise you made that no matter what happens, you, Mateo, Jeanette, and Mark will always be together. You'll always keep them in the light. Then elsewhere... In Singularity Jane, the League is reliving horrific memories, and um, Simon reaches in and says, I'm here for you, and drags them out. Singularity Jane hurls the entire League up, including Simon. Jess isn't there. Singularity Jane says she hasn't honored our deal yet. She must accept the truth. She must. And then uh, John says, I've seen a lot of exorcisms in my day, but I'll say one thing for sure. Cruz certainly has her own style. <laughs> and there's Jess. Her sister's happy and says Jessica, and her ring is happy. It says Jessica and flies over to her. She lights up. I saw the guys who killed my friends. They were just two guys, but I need to go to the police station to make a report. I have to get justice. Simon says he'll go with them. Uh, Batman asks what happens to Singularity Jane, and Jess says she's sent her somewhere, somewhere far away, a place where all the souls have already given in to fear. And that's where she has nothing to offer, and that's uh, obviously the Green Realm. Then over on Mogo, uh, the Guardians have called Hal Jordan in front of them. They say, a most interesting case indeed. The ring of Lantern 2814.6 has been altered. It's AI overwritten by sheer willpower. Most impressive, says another uh, Guardian. But alteration leads to death. And once again, a ring has been used to kill innocents, many innocents. This contamination in the ring must be dealt with swiftly and summarily. And Hal says, and if anyone is going to take away Jessica Cruz's ring, it should be me. And that ends our story arc. I do like, we get a Superman created by, with special arrangement by tag, because they have to do that every time Superman's used, it looks like. But we also get a power ring created by Gardner Fox credit here. So that was cool. Yeah, that, is, that was cool. All right, what did you think? So, so let, let so let's let's go over this basic point just to make sure that just to make sure I didn't miss anything here <laughs> in, in, okay. in this in this issue. We're told for by the from the end of last issue through three quarters of this issue. That if Jessica sees the face of the people that killed her friends, then that's going to be 
more or less she's going to be turning to the dark side if that happens. Yes, but I think what they're trying to what they were trying to say is if she sees them as she is, like because she was in like full power ring mode. Mm, okay. But that's why Simon like tried to hold her off, and then, then she faded, and then saw, and she got she got control of herself again, and then they came out. Uh, but hold on, but do we? But we don't. But we don't know that's the case based on physical what we actually see in the book. We don't know because by the time she's turning to Jessica, the only people – by the time she's turning to see Simon, the only people that are still – that we absolutely know she's seeing are when she's surrounded by her friends again. Hmm. I mean because – I mean the killers are on the ground in that net, but we don't know by the time – but she's staring at her ring and as she's tra- transitioning back from power ring to Jessica – so we don't necessarily know if that was that was the moment because actually, in fact, if you go back, no, in fact, that's not the case at all. You go back to the you go back to the previous page when she's the the page of, uh, where when Jessica's saying I'm a villain turned hero. That's when she's looking. That's when she's looking directly at the killers. Hmm. Because she's looking. Well, at, we're we're also told that in the real world, when this event happened. Jessica did see their faces, but she essentially made a uh, – it became a repressed memory for her. So maybe if she didn't gain control of herself and exited Singularity Jane as Power Ring, then she'd go on to kill them. But because she gained control of herself, when she left, she left with that memory as herself rather than Power Ring. And that's why she goes to file a police report instead. Because she she's always had that knowledge. No, I oh, I I understand I understand that. Right. I, it, it's the, like that's why I pointed this out at the end of the last issue. I think the, I think the whole bullshit is the is the really half-ass like psychoanalysis that made it sound like oh if she if she sees the faces of these of these people that's going to cause her to turn to the dark side when a she really has already seen them she's just repressing it and. By seeing the faces of her killers, of the killers, she's actually confronting her fear as opposed to giving into it. Uh, I I think it's I I think I think that thro- the way it's done at the end of this issue is half-assed. I think it's a casual. She literally throws it out as a as like a uses it as a throwaway line. It's like kind of like oh I I I saw I saw the killers. I saw their faces. I'm I'm going to go make a police report. Like nonchalant when when the pound. When they're just giving us almost a full issue of, oh, you can't see their faces, you can't see their faces. So I think it's bull. I, I think it's bullshit on two levels. I think it's from a psychoanal, you know, psychoanalysis perspective. I don't think that made any sense. And I think even if you moved beyond that and accepted what we were being told was actually going to be the case, at the end of the day, she did see their faces, and she seemingly did see their faces while she was still powering. So it yeah. doesn't make any sense. So I think that I, so that, that's just. That to me, that's that's bad. That's that seems like it's poorly designed or poorly executed to me. And that's the that and, and last week when I think it was before we recorded when I asked you did you did you read this did you read this ep, this issue yet and you said you hadn't. <laughs> that was that was the thing I was going to mention the fact that because that that thing that thing as soon as I read that part of the issue it just made me want to bang my head against the wall because she's you know so she's absolutely seeing them in that in that energy constructed net while she's still powering and before Simon does the talk talks her down so I I, well, 
I think we're supposed to accept that Simon's little uh, heart, you know, heart-wrenching speech to her on those like three panels all of a sudden just they caused her to oh okay. Yeah. I, I I think it, I think much like we've seen over in in uh, Hal and the Core using the gymnastics equivalent that the routine started off very well but 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 the, but nobody stuck the landing on this one. I didn't I didn't buy it. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I I think it was a better arc than the the dating app arc. Yep. Uh, I I did like all the history and background and characterization of Jessica. Um, I know Simon's a major player in here, and we got his kind of Earth three counterpart and all of this stuff. But I just feel like Simon has has become a non entity in these books. I mean, really, you could have really put. Uh, you know, almost anybody going in after her. Uh, I mean, obviously they wouldn't have the same connection and so on and so forth. But I mean, like you could put Wonder Woman there. You know, she cares about Jessica. Jessica's like a sister. You know, she she would call her sister and so on and so forth. So I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that anybody could do it. Obviously, they couldn't. They don't have the same history and connection that Simon does with Jessica. But I just get the feeling that. Are, are we liking and discovering more about Jessica? Yes. But we haven't learned anything new about Simon, and they haven't really spent any time building him up. It seems like this whole series, this whole stuff, is all has, has been a, a... I don't want to say, uh, uh, you know, a 100% focus on Jess, but it's almost like a, a 70-30 focus on Jess versus Simon. Jess, uh, Simon has had some spotlights, has had some cool moments, you know. He's got you got his stuff with his family, but I really don't feel like I know anything more about Simon than when we started all of this. But I do have more information, more history, more personality traits, etc. In terms of Jessica, do you feel like you know Simon any better after all of this? Not overly. I don't think so. Uh... I mean, no, I mean, you think about it, we got, we have an explanation for, like, we got an explanation for why Simon and, and his brother-in-law, best friend, have issues, but that doesn't, but that isn't anything that, we, realistically speaking, there isn't anything we really needed to know to 100% understand who Simon was in the big picture. Uh, I... We 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 kind of circle around this all the time. Of all, of all the Earth's Green Lanterns, Simon is the one that really serves no real purpose. He really doesn't serve a purpose. We know, you know, he was his art. You know, the art. The reason why he exists was kind of really forced. And while I, I certainly am not a Jeff Johns hater, nor do I buy in. And my, my God, sometimes you see these. Some people really have these really weird, warped conspiracy theories even now about Jeff John still like pulling the strings in, in the Green Lantern franchise and this, that, and the other thing. It's kind of laughable, actually. Because trust me, the stories would be a hell of a lot more interesting if Jeff Johns was actually controlling them more than he is, uh, more than the current writers are. I think it's safe to say, whether people liked it or not, the Jeff Johns run was not boring. The The reality is Je- one of Jeff Johns, it was very heavy-handed the way he introduced Simon. That first issue was horrible. Uh, the character got better after that, but that's a, that was the initial taste, and it was really, you know, 
it just was really heavy-handed. And Simon wa- Simon was handled well when we saw him in, in you know, Green Lantern. He was handled well when he was first introduced with the with the Rise of the Third Army arc. Uh, so that he was also appearing in the Justice League of America title at some right, point which, in which, the uh, New yeah, Fifty Two. Right, which I was going to mention, but uh, but I didn't. But I didn't read those books, so I really can't comment on how he was portrayed in those. Well, those were written by Johns, weren't they? Right. So I'm going to assume yeah. that he was going to. He, yeah, it's a safe assumption that he was going to be portrayed in a, in a similar light to how he was portrayed in, in Green Lantern. The most interesting thing about Simon Baz remains the fact that 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 he he is the byproduct of a con- very confused ring being sent out by bo- ordered by both Sinestro and Hal Jordan to find somebody like them and not like the other, and they both in the, in the, in the ring found Simon Baz. And picks Simon Baz, so he has elements. He has both elements of Hal Jordan and Sinestro, and clearly non-elements of both of them. The opposite traits of both of them do, since that that remains the most interesting thing about Simon Baz. But in a in a in a universe of so many Green Lanterns and of six Earth Green Lanterns, Simon Baz does not really he does not serve a purpose in creating cute little gadgets like Emerald Sight without any real explanation for it, being able to heal people miraculously with his green ring doesn't change the fact that as a character, he is relatively he's taken a step backwards, and while we all know, as, as we've discussed, ad nauseum that it was probably a complete choice you know, to do that, to build up Jessica by proxy, it just still doesn't change the fact that that's what it is and Simon does not it's it's hard to really have that much of an interest in Simon, and in a way, the more interesting Jessica becomes, it's kind of like more of a reason that makes Simon look worse. I think. Hmm. All right. Anything else you want to say about this issue or this arc as a whole? Well, you know, this what this concludes Seely's run on this book. I think at the end of the day, well, well, probably I would say his issues have been well written. His brief time on this book. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would say the books have been well written. They're also, for the most part, pretty unremarkable. They're not going to be particularly memorable. Regardless of what happens with this title, whether this title goes bye-bye, which is kind of like the speculation that this title is going to go bye-bye soon, and whether there there is a second title launched immediately, or whether there's going to be a second title reconstituted at some point, which I'm sure there will be, regardless. That Or the cast just dramatically changes. Yes, because they- yeah. Because uh, John will be going over to the Justice League, uh, and then, of course, you have Jessica going to be part of that Justice League Odyssey book. So, you know, it could it could be that Green Lantern sticks around, but there's a, just a major cast change. Right, though the odds are probably it would be, it might be, a, it's probably going to be a re- relaunch, too, probably with another number one, because they like doing stuff like that. And especially- Maybe. I, I, the, uh, today is Wednesday, guys, as we record this. Uh, by the way, the Wonder Woman Annual number two came out. I read that. We will be talking about that on the show. It was a good issue. I enjoyed it. But also today came out DC Nation number one, which is kind of like, kind of like uh, direct currents in a way. It was just like it's it's telling us what's going on at DC. It's giving us some snippets of interviews and stuff. So I took some screenshots of some of the stuff that I saw with regards to Venditti wrapping up his title and then Jurgens coming on his uh, run on this book uh, with issue 50. And he does mention Hal, John, Kyle, and Guy. So 
Uh, I'll be posting those, uh, I guess, tomorrow, Thursday, on the Facebook page. So as you guys hear this on Friday, if you haven't seen those, head over to the Facebook page and look for that post from Thursday, from yesterday, uh, as you guys listen to this and uh, see, uh, check out those so you can get a kind of uh, snapshot from Jurgens himself about what's coming up on his run. Sorry to interrupt you. I wanted no, while we were on that moment. That is fine. Uh, well, we've uh, we've been talking for an hour already. So, do we want to? We definitely wanted to talk about at least one thing. Um, the rumors, and by rumors we mean Reddit speculation for the most part. But the rumors, regardless, have uh, resurfaced. Uh, concerning the Green Lantern Corps movie and how it's going to be a Jessica and Simon movie. Well, Jessica, <sighs> supposedly Jessica and Simon being sent in search of Hal. Maybe, yeah. But still, a Jessica Simon flick. No. <laughs> no. It makes no sense to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just doesn't. I don't know what you want to say on the subject. I went off over on Twitter. Dan and I actually had a conversation, which I can pull up here and read if we want. But, it, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Jessica, potentially. Jessica's got some potential. They could throw Jessica in a movie. Uh, they, they could do that. But Simon... Simon, no, which is kind of funny because I was reading something today about it was like on the Green Lantern Corps website, like a poll has like a has like have have the basically has the partnership of Jessica and Simon kind of like reunited the rest of the Green Lantern fan base, like all the Hal and Kyle people who were at odds and everybody else has it basically just united the the Green Lantern fan base as a whole because so many people do not like them, <laughs> do not like the fact that they have a book. So as we've talked about before. If you were to do that, you'd be shooting your shooting your fan base. You know, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot because you'd be alienating the majority of your fan base. So you'd be counting on pulling in some new people. That oh she, you know, oh she's a chick or she's a Latina. Oh look, he's a Muslim. I mean, you'd be, you'd be trying to capture people who either have no, who have very little history with the characters of Green Lantern or the core, or who are so new to stuff that th- these are the ones they relate to. But which still clearly are not, is the overwhelming minority of Green Lantern fans and DC fans as a whole. So you would be beginning. So it would be a really horrible decision under any sort. This would be a bad decision if DC was Marvel, and seemingly like you know they could, you know they could put out the White Tiger movie next year and it make like 150, you know make no, no less than like 200 plus million dollars domestically because of the fact that it's Marvel. DC ain't like that. We know DC has had one really successful movie so far, and that's Wonder Woman. You know, Batman versus Superman made a ton of money. People didn't like it. All overall, Justice League people didn't like it all that much, and it didn't make that much money considering. Not certainly, it didn't. It opened really lame, as we just kind of talked about compared to with you know with uh, you know with Solo last last week in comparison. The reality is this would be a horrible move. It's all pure speculation at this point. I mean, as as you know, and let's be blunt. At this point, I would I would probably have I probably have more belief or more 
faith that we're never getting the Green Lantern Corps movie. Then we're getting the Green Lantern Corps movie starring these guys. <laughs> because there's been no movement on this. There's been no movement on this movie. You know, there's 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 no there's no script. There's no cast. You know, there's not even a, a definitive re- release date. You know, there's like nothing. And, it, and originally, this was supposed to be a 2020 movie. So, the, if it was really going to st- even stick to that time frame, and, my, and mind you, this is still the studio that's now what announced what a, a Jared Leto uh, Joker Joker movie, and they still want to do this Birds of Prey movie. It's like, it's like. It's like they really, I don't know, they really don't seem to have learned anything either from their own failures or from Mar. It's like they're looking at Marvel and going, you know, Marvel's picked some really obscure shit and it's worked, so let's do the same. It's like Mar- some, most of their obscure shit has worked because either A, part of it, it's like with Black Panther, you kind of introduce the character ahead of time so you already establish an interest, or you have such a track record of success, people will be, be willing to go to... You know, see an Ant Man, or see a you know, or, or something that just looked really super appealing, like Guardians. But DC has none of that. DC has enough trouble getting people to go see their main characters in movies at this point. So they start pulling up this obscure crap, and at the same time, for, tying it back to Green, Lan- Green Lantern, we don't alienating their fan base, and they have Shazam. We have no idea how people are going to react to Shazam. I mean, honestly. Supposedly, we're supposed to get our first trailer for that at Comic Con. Well, that would make sense too, because you you because you, you know a trailer is going to have to be on Aquaman. Oh yeah. So an Aquaman comes out what November? So you yeah. so you know, so yeah. I mean, it just I don't know. I think they could do it. It would be a mistake. It would really, really, really piss off the fan base to do that because you again talk about yeah. uniting everybody you're going to have Hal fans Kyle fans John fans and Guy fans all pissed off now if you have Jessica in the movie now if you let's say if the premise of the movie was and you, and you hate to do it hate to say it this way because because this was a, kind of like a bitter taste in your mouth too but if it was kind of like set up like a Force Awakens kind of thing where Hal is gone not by choice necessarily. He's gone, and and let's say John recruits Jessica, and they go off in search uh, in search of Hal, or there's a bunch of lanterns, and Jessica's one of them. She gets recruited. I I would not have a huge issue with that if she's part of who's ever there. But it's not what I want to see because obviously I want to see Hal first and foremost. But they could be setting it up for the big you know the big reveal at the end of Hal being back on stage and going forward. But no, Simon and Jessica being recruited is like nobody care. The reality is nobody cares about. It. And I speak obviously in generality. There are some people that care, but it's a very small percentage of Green Lantern fans that even like Simon ba- Simon Baz, let alone really would care. You know, would care if he if he got killed next issue. You know, so it, it would be a it would be a bad mistake. I think it's just. Who knows? And like we like we've talked about before, some of these things may just be like. Uh, it's talking points, and, and and you, you know, you're putting the feelers out just to see how people react to it, compared to like how yeah. how people reacted to it before. Are people reacting less vehemently now? Then so maybe we're making headway. Maybe you know we have a chance here. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'll read the Twitter conversation me and Dan had. Uh, so it all started when I said, and forgive me, this is it's a Twitter conversation. It's a back and forth. 
Uh, but once we get done, we'll comment on it because Dan does bring up a couple of points as to why they, why going this way could potentially, if they decided to do it, be a good a good route. So it's worth talking about. We'll definitely say it here. I said to start this whole thing off. I said I'm going to say it right here, right now. If they want to do a Jessica Cruz and Simon Vaz movie, so be it. But I'm not supporting it. Forgetting my feelings on the characters in general, this isn't how you fix the franchise. You can yell all day long about how you hated the 2011 Green Lantern film. You can defend Simon and Jessica to me all day. But regardless of the quality of the characters, you don't bypass Hal, John, Guy, and Kyle all together and jump straight to Jessica and Simon. That is not how you earn faith and goodwill back from the fans. I'm not adverse to seeing a movie with Jessica and Simon, but it's not what you relaunch the franchise with. I don't want a Dick Grayson Batman movie either, or a Bart Allen Flash flick, or a Ryan Choi Adam movie, nor the Peter David Protoplasm Angel Supergirl. For the record, in case it wasn't clear, nobody is saying that a Green Lantern movie about Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz can't be good. What I am saying is that making this your move is the wrong move. And then Dan replies, Fuck you, Chad! I said, <laughs> 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 That's it. End of conversation. <laughs> he says, even if, even if they did go with Simon and Jessica, isn't the most important thing that they make a good GL movie? This is the one superhero franchise where the main character can be anybody. It doesn't need to be an iconic character, and we aren't the only ones they have to please. To which I responded, maybe not, but it's not like the general audience knows the names Jessica Cruz or Simon Baz. Is Green Lantern enough to get people in the seats? Maybe. But not enough as, say, Green Lantern, coupled with name recognition like Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart. And Dan says, come on, you think the name Hal Jordan really means much to non-comic fans? The last movie was the chance for it to start to be known as a positive selling point. We're fans, we want to see the thing we love validated by the world at large, also realizing how good it is. That doesn't mean the characters we already have a bond with mean something to everyone else, or would resonate the strongest with a general audience. Uh, I responded, we absolutely want Green Lantern to succeed. And if a Jessica and Simon movie is good and does that, wonderful. But Jessica and Simon haven't earned the right to supersede Hal, John, and Kyle. Jaime Reyes, Donna Troy, Jack Knight, Wally West, Renee Montoya, they've earned it. And he says, honestly, I'd take a Green Lantern movie starring an original character made up for the movie, as long as it's a good movie that captures what makes Green Lantern so good and communicates it to the world. I said, don't get me wrong, the number one priority is a good GL movie. You know me well enough to know we share that goal. But I'm, what I'm saying is the decision to go with Jessica and Simon inherently feels like the wrong move. He says, if anything, Simon and Jessica could, would be easier, and not because of race or gender. Him being a blank slate and her being a clever twist on GL makes them both easily adaptable with tons of room to mold the characters without changing and contradicting much. Hell, Simon and Jessica getting adapted into another medium could spark some much-needed growth in their comic selves. And I wrapped up things by saying, and that would be great, but there isn't anything about Simon and Jessica that says that they're worthy of bypassing the Four Lanterns Five, including Alan, that came in the 70 years before then. Nothing that tells me it's a choice I can get behind defending and back up with source material. Because let's face it, no matter what the decision is on the GL movie front, given 2011, they're going to have to try and help convince people to go see it. Other than Simon and Jess being different and new, there's nothing much else there to lean on other than, quote-unquote, trust us. 
I mean, I mean, those those are that was a good exchange back and forth. I I agree with. I see where Dan's coming from. I tend to agree more with you on this. I think, and I, it also comes back to, and this is what I picked up on. It's like a trigger point for me. And we've talked about this before too. I'm kind of I've I am so just like I'm so sick of. Even when it's humorous, like at the end of Deadpool, I'm so sick of the Ryan Reynolds ragging on Green Lantern shit now. I mean, it's it's like it's like it's time to let it go. I'm also sick of the oh, we have to run away from Green Lantern. We have to run away from Hal Jordan because that first movie didn't work. Marvel didn't exactly run away from the Hulk after the first movie crashed and burned. In fact, Marvel didn't run away from the Hulk even after the second movie pretty much crashed and burned too. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they didn't double down. Right. They. Did, I mean. I mean, I mean, the the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton movie, is a lot better, I think, and much closer to, much closer to capturing, you know, what the character really should be about. And obviously, that is part of the, you know, the MCU, even though they say they can't poor Ed Norton, who was a much be- who was a much more believable Bruce Banner. Mark which Ruffin. I, okay. which since we're on the subject, I read my first Hulk comic today, <laughs> because and, Marvel just. Yeah, I've never read a Hulk. Like I, I've read Hulk in comics, but I've never read a Hulk comic. So Marvel has obviously started with their new number ones yet again. They came out with like a Doctor Strange and a Black Panther not too long ago, and but they just came out with something called the Immortal Hulk uh, today, and I read the first issue of that. Is that is, so. is that the one with Banner back already, or not? Or we're just leading to Banner being back. Uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay, that's what I. That's what I kind of thought because I kind of remembered reading, kind of like they were in the process of probably weeding out Cho and bringing back, and getting back. Cho's, Cho, Cho doesn't seem to be anywhere in here. Yeah, and I, I know uh. Banner. The plan was to get Banner back as the Hulk as he should be, but you know Marvel. I want finishing my my thought that you know, the goofy Mark Ruffalo version of Banner. It's certainly more relatable, but that's really not Bruce Banner as a character. Ed no. Norton really cared, not just because he looked more like Bruce Banner, he acted more like the way Bruce Banner was. Bruce Bruce Banner is an awkward kind of guy. He's not, you know, he's not he's not kind of like a, a goofy scientist kind of guy. Mark Ruffalo is least believable at being a scientist. <laughs> he's least he's really the least believable, almost literally being a rocket scientist. He's believable as you know. I mean, it's the best version of the Hulk we've ever gotten, and all the and all the Ruffalo turns as the Hulk, especially in Ragnarok. But the point, but Marvel didn't just say, "Oh, you know, we have to be really careful with, you know, we can't use the Hulk at all. We have to be really select, you know, we just have to stay away from the Hulk for a while. We can't put him in the Avengers because that, you know, that's the movie that no. Green, they have. I mean, Green Lantern as a concept is relatable. It's a it's a known character. People, this is a different cinematic universe. They need to just embrace it and just do a good job with it. Do a good job with it, and that'll and that'll be fine. I mean, that's all you can do anyway. I mean, so at this point, I mean, it's it's freaking seven. It's going to be like uh, in another couple of weeks or next week. And was it was the eleventh? Wasn't it? Wasn't it June eleventh that movie came out? Or the seventh? I think it was the eleventh. Yeah, the I think it was the eleventh. Yeah, I, uh, I used to have like a huge poster. And I'm pretty sure it's a June. Yeah, that's why I'm remembering it too, because they kind of put that as a logo, I think, on the poster. Because I think it was supposed to originally be like the 17th or something, and they made it the 11th or some shit like that, or the 18th. And but it was so. But either way, the point is, like in a week, in a week's time, approximately, it's going to be seven years since that movie came out. I mean, I think we can like move beyond it now. 
And it's like you, and if you think, and if you think going that way is the way to bring in the dollars, I mean, <clears throat> it's like, yeah. And, and going back to Dan's point, or to, yeah, people do know who Hal Jordan. Hal, Hal Jordan is more of an iconic name, uh, and I think, and while it is true, people, a lot of people do remember John Stewart from the animated show. People, re, people have to remember that's like friggin' like fifteen, that's over fifteen years ago now, right? Twenty, series. I think. It's getting, yeah. I mean, since it started, certainly. But I'm trying to remember when, the, when it ended, the different incarnations of Justice League and Unlimited and whatever. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're essentially playing with some, having some, having some cushion here, some uh, leeway. The reality is that's almost friggin' twenty years. That's almost twenty years ago, one way or the other. Since, so, because I, yeah, because two thousand one is when Justice League started. That's when it started. When did yeah. it end? Uh, 2004. Okay. Yeah, so either yeah. way, let's just, it's it's not, let's make it simple. It's knocking on the door of 15 years. So that's a long time ago now. So people, I think, are overestimating, too, the, the, the pull that Jon Stewart's going to have, too. I'm not saying he might not have more natural resonance with non-comic re- fans, than how Jordan would, but I think people are overestimating the pull he, he's going to have with people now too, because it's been so damn long now since that show was on the air. Yes, it's on. Yes, yes, it's still on Netflix or whatever, and you can and you can watch it. Yeah, of course. But and it's but still the and they and it is unfortunate that it wasn't just as we talked about too. It wasn't just oh the kind of like the balancing out the team from a you know from a racial uh, equality aspect that. There still was. They avoided the whole Kyle and Hal debate completely by by circumventing both of them. <laughs> That's the way. That was almost like, in a way, that also was a bone to the fan base because that way we're not going to alienate Hal fans. We're not going to alienate Kyle fans. Because that, that could have backfired and you could have got like the Jessica pushback. That would be the counter to the argument, oh, you're going to alienate the fan base by doing that. Except the difference was John was popular and John was well-liked by both Hal fans and Kyle fans. So he was a, hap- he was a happy medium. Uh, if it was Guy, people would not have been thrilled with that at that time, even though we know Guy was starting to become a better character from, like, the mid-'90s going forward, but still. I So I think John and Hal, it's the safest way to go. If you want to have all four of the Earth's Green Lanterns in there somehow or three of them and introducing you know the one, one at the end to go for – but either way, I don't have a problem if Jessica's in the movie – Jessica being the main character wouldn't be a good thing, and absolutely a Simon Jessica thing would be, because you're gonna you're gonna piss. You think? I mean, we just. I mean, you saw an example in Solo of what happens when you piss off a fan base. Despite how people want to sugarcoat it, the main reason that movie didn't do well was because of Last Jedi Fallout. That's the reason that movie didn't do well, and because they were not giving the people what they wanted. Those were the main two reasons. It had nothing to do with the movie not being good. Like I said, I I really I liked Solo. I liked it certainly better than. If not all, almost everything that dis, that the 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 Lucasfilm post acquisition has put out, but that doesn't. But people were pissed, and whatever was coming out next was going to suffer for it. Solo would happen to be the sacrificial lamb. It's the same thing here. If you give us, if you make a movie, a Green Lantern movie about that people don't want to see from a fan base perspective, then and you continue to put out bad product overall, which DC has had a good track record with. And are still doing by saying a Jared Little Joker movie. Yeah. <laughs> like no, nobody likes Suicide Squad, and even the people who did like it were like, ah, don't like that Joker. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but you, you decide, oh, we're going to do a Joker movie all about that version of the Joker. It's like, no. What are you doing? And, and, and mind you that, Nobody like that. And, and mind you, that's not ex- not the only Joker movie that's, that's supposed to be in, in the works, too, which is going to confuse people even more. I Yeah, I... It would be a bad move. We'll see. I mean, we have no, as we've talked about before, we have no way of knowing how the D, how the DC cinematic universe is going to shape up. I, we'll see if Aquaman does well. Even if Aquaman does well, it does not mean Shazam is going to do well at all. It's a more obscure character with less, with less known, certainly a, a much less known lead. It's you know not a particularly big cast overall as far as you know name recognition. You don't. You don't really know. They keep the you know the Batman movie keeps we that movie has been like in like pre-production, still on, still being made. I think Reeves, I think Matt Reeves or whatever, is still supposed to be on that movie. But then again, you you have to suspect he's not going to be tied to that movie that much longer if it doesn't move forward. I mean, this movie has been like in kind of like pre-production hell for like at least two years now. Probably yeah, one of the one of the rumors I've read is that one of the things DC Comics is supposed to be doing during Comic-Con is that they're going to pull Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves onto the stage to talk a bit more about this movie and to show some solidarity that, yes, Matt Reeves is still attached, and yes, Batfleck isn't going anywhere. Which, despite you know some people's opinions, the reality is that would be a smart move for them because you know because Ben Affleck has been really good. His, ba- his Batman, along with Wonder Woman, have kind of been the best parts consistently in there in the movies they've been in so far. Of in these, I mean, much more than you know, Aquaman really isn't Aquaman. Uh, Flash really isn't Flash. Yes, they had some. They had the last version of Superman we saw was the closest to being the real Superman, I think. And Supposedly, what's his name who played Cyborg is pissed. So, well, yeah, because suppose because one of the rumors also is is that he might be gone already. He might have been phased out already. Whether they're yeah. recasting or whether they're just dropping Cyborg as a as a major player, which was which again stupid. Cyborg should not have been in that role. Cyborg, you know that that was a role that if anything it should have been from that should have been a Martian Manhunter role. And whether they whether again that was kind of like oh kind of like we have to have a. And it would have been cool too. You could have, instead of having uh, an ancient war between people on Earth, you could have made uh, Stefan Wolf and some of the new gods the reason that Mars got wiped out. Yeah, they could have done that too. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I mean, there's the Simon basically the Simon Jessica being in the film thing. It's it's a it's a it's it's a bad idea on two fronts. I agree with you. It's the 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 fans don't support this. Yes. Do are are the people do the people who like it love Jessica and has Jessica like launched pretty quickly in popularity among people who've been reading her? Yes, I get that. I don't deny that. What I'm saying is, in addition to people not caring as much about them, what I'm also saying is it just it it doesn't feel right to skip Hal, John, Kyle, and Guy because. Like I, the, the reason the reason I read all those tweets is to get some of those examples in there too is because it's just like if they were to come out tomorrow and say we're going to make a Peter David Supergirl movie the protoplasm slash angel thing I'd have the same what the fuck reaction as I did when I heard the other day about the Jared Leto Joker movie but 
if they were to come out tomorrow and say, oh, also, we're going to do a question movie about Renee Montoya instead of Vic Sage, I'd be okay with that because Renee Montoya has earned her place in the spotlight. The same way if they came out and said, we're going to do a Blue Beetle movie with Jaime Reyes instead of Ted Kord, I'd be okay with that, too. Why? Because those characters and, and those have been in the spotlight. And in the, in the case of Jaime Reyes, so many people, when they think Blue Beetle, think of Jaime before they even ever think of Ted. Are they of our generation or Mark's generation? No. But a good, good deal of people who have experienced Blue Beetle in other media, like animated series like uh, Young Justice and, and direct-to-DVD films and so on and so forth and video games – they see Jaime Reyes. That's what they've been seeing. Those characters have had time and have earned their spot in their, their slot in the spotlight. Has it been a little while since the whole what was it called? The Trinity War? Is that when this all started with Jessica Cruz as Power Ring? Or was uh, that Forever no. Evil? Was no, was I don't think no. No, Forever Evil, right? Because that's when Earth Three showed up. I think it was at, it was yeah I think it was either it was the, the end, end of Forever Evil. Yeah, Evil. it was the end of Forever Evil. So it's yeah. it's been a few years that Jessica has been in, been on on this and same as Simon. But let's face it, guys, they don't have the same publication history and exposure as people like Jaime Reyes or Renee Montoya or any of these others. They haven't earned this. They haven't been around long enough. So the reason when you say to me that you're going to make a movie with Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, I can't point to any one story that they've had in their publication history and show to other people and go, no, no, no. I know you're worried because of 2011 or whatever, and I know you don't like that argument, Mark, but let's face it. Some of the general audience and the people that make fun of that movie and all of this other stuff, they're still going to have to be convinced to go see a Green Lantern movie somehow. So – if they say Simon and Jessica, I can't point to them and say it's going to be good because of this, 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 and this, because there's nothing there for me to point to. There's, I'm sorry, there's just nothing there for me to point to other than she's a woman and a Latina, and she's got this cool take on like her power set, and she's got you know this whole thing with you know her anxiety, and she that's the whole point of a lantern is to overcome fear, and she does that every day just by leaving the house and blah, 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 and then point to Simon, and even if I could come up with some bullshit way to defend Simon as a character to other people, even when I myself don't believe it, there's nothing I, there's nothing I can point to. There's nothing there for me to point to, but with Kyle, with John, with Hal, with Guy, those lanterns have had years and years and years of stories where I could, po- I could pick three or four. And go, here's why. I could defend this. The only reason they would pick Simon and Jessica are not the, – the primary reason for picking Simon and Jessica is not because of the quality of the characters based on their publication history. I'm sorry. They just don't have that goodwill yet. They just don't. No, I agree. I think – it, I just think, yeah, I just think it would be a mistake. I just, which doesn't mean they won't do it, because Lord knows. Yeah, and all of this is, by the way, guys, this is just, this is speculation on speculation, because all of these rumors are just based off people on Reddit saying that they have inside sources and stuff like that. There's nothing with even a confirmed, 
you know, if you read this article anywhere, nobody even links to these Reddit conversations. So this is like bottom tier of rumors. So is it going to happen? Very likely not. It's probably not even being thought of by DC. But it's been getting enough traction where it's been appearing in like comic book movie website and so on and so forth. So you might have been seeing it in your news feeds. So we just thought we'd address it, especially since we're already on a Green Lanterns episode. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we're almost at two hours. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we closed out? I'm kind of torn. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk. I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Avengers Four. There's been a lot. I mean, we kind of we we talked. I think a little bit about. We did do some speculation about Avengers Four like a few episodes ago, but obviously a lot of a lot of stuff's been kind of like percolating, percolating. Excuse me, uh, on that front. It would certainly seem, if you look at the commonality in some of these things, that I, it does. It seems like unless it's the ultimate red herring, that the definitely there's going to be at the very least time travel involved, if not out and out uh, alternate realities, which still seemingly a lot of the rumors point to that it's not just time jumping; it's it's alternate reality jumping via quantum realm tech. But I, I, some of the rumors that I thought, thought I thought were most intriguing were the ones that seem. So the ones that seem to be more valid to me because they answered questions that are things that address plot points in, in Avengers 3 that didn't make any sense. So rumors like that kind of – they resonate with me more. Like the idea that when we talked about – we talked about, I think, all these during our review episode. How – like I was disappointed we didn't see Thanos get the Power Stone. That when we first see him, he already has the Power Stone because he already got it from Xandar. But, part, but supposedly one of the reasons why we didn't get to we didn't see the Battle of Xandar was because we're going to see a version of that battle in Avengers 4, as the Avengers are trying to gather up Infinity Stones themselves, kind of like trying to cut Thanos off at the pass. That we get to we go to Xandar, so I bought, even though the timeline has changed and everything's sped up, we get to see basically a version of, of on Xandar a battle which which now has the Avengers squaring off against against Thanos. I like the idea that it gives him potential reason for Nebula, not only for Nebula to have survived, but for Nebula, like the another point we talked about, like why in the world would Gamora tell Nebula that she, about the fact that she knew where the Soul Stone was? Not just because their relationship had been completely shitty up until like five minutes before. A pro, you know, I'm obviously I'm exaggerating, but still, relatively recently, did their relationship take any kind of positive turn? And because of their both of their direct ties to Thanos, the one person you would think you wouldn't want to even let the cat out of the bag, even if you weren't going to tell her exactly where it was, but let her know, yeah, I know this. Why Nebula? Well, part of the reason why is because eventually Nebula d- does discover where they went. So then in Avengers 4, Nebula can help lead them to the Soul Stone, which gives them an advantage because obviously Thanos... Any, any Thanos from a previous timeline or another reality who hasn't succeeded yet or gotten the Soul Stone still doesn't know where it is. Because <laughs> that's the whole point. He doesn't know where it is. So so that would be something that would kind of make sense. The A lot of the rumors are, are circulating about, about the, the smart, whether it's Professor Hulk or any version of the Smart Hulk merger between Banner 
and the Hulk, which kind of would make sense because we know there's issues going on with Banner and the Hulk and the way they're, re- the, the way they're relating and their overall relationship has changed a lot from, from Ragnarok going forward. That it seems like they're both kind of warring to to exist and not liking and having a having a big issue uh, when the other one is being sent, you know, basically being sent to the to warm the pines when the other one is out there and, and getting to live. Or the or the only time the Hulk like gets to live and and be the Hulk is when Banner needs his ass saved and the minute he's not needed anymore, then ba- you know Banner wants to vanquish him and get get rid of him again. That that would kind of make sense. You would end up having a merger of the personalities, which would kind of suck on one level, only because I think most people like like the Ragnarok Hulk. That's like classic Hulk when you really think about it. The chi- the childlike Hulk is really the childlike savage Hulk is really the t- true Hulk in most people's minds. So to only have gotten that little taste of it, especially since we really got denied that and and. Infinity War, and then if it, depending when it happens, maybe it's not an, maybe we see Hulk before they end up merging again, but, and I do like the fact that one of the rumors that relates to Captain America wielding Mjolnir, finally, uh, which would also, if the rumor is true, would also be one of the last times we see Cap, so that wouldn't be cool, but if he's got to go out, you want to, seeing him go out wielding Thor's hammer would be pretty awesome. <laughs> For sure. It, there's a lot of things I think. I mean, obviously, we're going to be we'll be getting more soon because soon we're going to at least have we're going to have to get a, we're going to have to get a title of this movie soon. You would think, or vice versa, or a teaser, one of the two. You would think we'll get something for this movie relatively soon. Uh, it would kind of be it would well they Ant Man's probably going to be too too close to put a teaser on. They're going to want to drag that out a little bit longer, but they don't have a fall release this year. But I don't know. I I, I think it's I. I think it's interesting because it's going to be cool to see how things how I mean I also like and I want and this will be the last thing I'll say because we we because because move as we've also said before movie web in a way has kind of become the new newsarama that they they really like publishing clickbait stuff and they really like doing misleading art, article titles or have really horrible misinterpretation of what of what somebody says and they just jump to conclusions and one of the things was. Which was kind of surprising when uh, Dave Bautista said he was going to be back in both Avengers 4 and Guardians 3. All of a sudden, MovieWeb jumps to the conclusion that has to mean that Guardians 3 takes place before Infinity War, since all the characters are dead, and the Russos said all the the deaths were going to stick, which the Russos didn't say that. The Russos just simply said the opposite, which is that not all the deaths are going to be erased. (laughs) They didn't say all the deaths were going to stick, because we know that's not the case. There's going to be another Spider-Man movie filming this year. There's going to be another Black Panther that there isn't a release date for it. Not all those movies are going to be sandwiched in between this small little timeline before Infinity War. And just because Dave Bautista's coming back in Guardians 3 does not necessarily mean he's actually alive in Guardians 3. It could be a flashback, could be a dream sequence, depending who the villain is. Somebody could be using, playing mind games with them. That he probably might be back, but it doesn't mean that he will. So people just, they just like to, you know, MovieWeb just kind of like jumps to conclusions all the time about stuff. And plus there was that, po- well, I should have mentioned that a second ago. Did you see the, the artwork that, w- that was released for Avengers 4? I have not. It was just it it it, based, it it wasn't really anything special. It kind of was more like it was more more like Cap how he would like he looked in Civil War. You don't see his shield, but that didn't mean it wasn't attached to his back. But it seemed like his suit was more like that suit. 
there was War Machine, there was Iron Man, there was a, there was Hulk like wearing almost like a like a bodysuit, which was interesting though. And his face did more look a little more Ruffalo like, so that kind of led more people to speculation about uh, the Smart Hulk too. And then they had Hawkeye and War Machine and uh, Nebula and Black Widow, of course, had her red hair back, which may not really be the case. Somebody may have just said these are the characters, and maybe they, when they when they created that arc, they didn't know that Black Widow was going to be blonde in that movie. But then again, if they're jumping back in time and trying to blend in, then her hair should her hair should be red again. But it was kind of interesting. It, it was kind of interesting art, but I'm just look, I'm, I'm looking forward to that movie. I just I, It'll be cool once we get a little bit more. And, and I'm, they're probably going to hold on to the title for a while, depending on uh, how relevant that title is to giving away the you know, what happens in the movie. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? No, I don't think so for today. We've talked about a lot. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, you want to tell people how they can find us? Lanterncast.com. Best place to find us. Uh, check out Ring Encyclopedia episodes or latest episodes. Uh, more or less, that's, that's, that's most of the stuff we've been putting out there lately. We've kind of been slacking off on any blogs or any like written reviews of things but we'll get we'll get back into that and there will be more ring cyclopedia episodes published uh there should be at least one more by the end of the by the end of the month email is lanterncast at gmail.com that's the best way to contact us along with the voicemail of 708 lantern and we haven't had a lot of uh either one of those lately voicemail or email so people this is this is your <laughs> this is this is our our plea for our attention so uh give us something throw us a bone or something and we're on i you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook use hashtag geocast to locate us on those and itunes and stitcher we're on both of those platforms so whichever ones you listen to us on please leave us a positive review all right guys we'll talk to you later good night everybody good night